Once again, welcome to another live broadcast. My name is Isaiah Phillips Akintola. I want to welcome you again. This is our second session today. Well, this is done by the leading of the Spirit. You know, when the Spirit of God leads us to come and speak, we can now but to speak. I want to really appreciate the fact that we are responding to the voice of God and, of course, to the impressions of the Spirit. This is another beautiful session, hopefully this morning, that we are going to look into some very important concepts that we have been looking at for a while. Now, we've been dealing with a principle of, you know, the pursuit of desire. And I feel this is a word that is very relevant and, of course, very uh, 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 significant to the nature of the days that we live in. One of the things that I, I sense the Spirit of the Lord is bringing across to us is whatever we are talking about, whatever we are deliberating on, whatever we are searching in the Scripture, if the desire and the passion for the Father, for the heart of the Father is not there to birth this thing and to push this thing to the necessary uh, place of you know, the Father's pleasure, we're not going to see the kind of rain and manifestation that we expect. So I want to believe God this morning that we will understand the weightiness of what the Spirit of God is emphasizing. You know, particularly, uh, this is something that I personally never really planned towards. You know, it's not like I set out a time to say, okay, we are going to talk about, you know, uh, the pursuit of desire and all of this. It was through, you know, many of the things that we were teaching and, you know, talking about. I was just sitting in my office, you know, a few, 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 few days ago. And the Lord began to steer my heart towards this, you know, thing that, wait a minute, uh, you, you can talk about the things you're talking about and all of these powerful prophetic teachings and all of that. But if the very foundation of what will galvanize and push and propel the people to move towards the direction of what you're saying is not there, then basically you're wasting time. So I felt, okay, Lord, I, I hear you. What we're going to do is while we're dealing with in the, the concept of the restoration of the altar and the priesthood, and of course, you're going to discover that everything are all interwoven. And of course, if you've been listening to many of the things that we have shared, particularly regarding this you know, teaching, you will notice that we have connected it amen, to what God is doing. But beyond that, I really want us to begin to understand why the spirit of god is emphasizing this aspect of the, the the restoration or if you will the flaming up of our desire we understand that desire amen is the womb that births you know uh, 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 anything we want to see or want to you know enjoy in life if we don't have a desire towards anything nothing is going to work all right we can give a thousand and one reason why we cannot do something or we don't have the time to do something but once a desire amen is awakening our heart regarding any aspect of life we always make a time we always have the time to do that thing all right your life right now amen is moving to us the point of your desire whatever you're doing you know you like it or not you are you are you are moving you are projecting towards that point towards that place amen where you believe amen your 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 life should be heading to us and for you to get to that point it takes a desire desire is what motivates us is what wakes us up in the morning desire is what pushes us amen to become what we want to be in life if we don't have a desire amen to be educated we will never be educated if you don't have a desire amen to, to learn certain things, we'll never learn them. If we never have the desire, amen, to be somewhere, we'll never be there. That's just it. It's just that plain. All right. As it is in the natural, so it is in the things of the spirit. Many people, I think, have this idea that, well, if God wants me to do something, he will make me do it. I think that's a fallacy. That's the life that we have bought in the church. And beyond that, all right, many people have been through all kinds of things to the point where the enemy has, has so hit them. 
all right, to the point that they no longer have desire for the things of God. And I can say this because I've been there before and I know how I used to feel. I know how, you know, my heart, you know, used to, used to feel. I know how, you know, I, I used to think when I lost the desire for the things of God, when I lost, lost the passion, you know, for the ways of God, for the intentions of God. I knew, I knew the kind of, you know, states of, of mind that I have, even though I want to serve God, I want to do, I mean, I could remember there's a period in my life. I, I, I couldn't even take my Bible to study, to read. Yes, it was that bad. And this is not something that is basically, you know, uh, uh, limited to, you know, you know, men of God or, you know, it, this is something that happens in our life. And I believe that as we journey on in life, we get to a certain point where we begin to feel despondent, where we begin to feel, you know, uh, uh, discouraged in all kinds of thoughts and, you know, things begin to happen around our life. And we, we just want to... Some would say, Lord, I, just, I just want a time off. I just want to be somewhere else. I, I don't have a desire for that thing again. Even though you know it's the right thing to do, but you just don't want to do it. But most times it's not because you just don't have the desire. It's because amen, you are battling with certain things that you can't even articulate. Some of the things, amen, are powerful satanic imposition to try to stop or hinder the counsels and the purpose of God in your life. Because the enemy knows that the only way he can stop you, amen, is to attack your desire. And of course, we know that desire works with the faculties of our mind, of our thought, of our will. No wonder the scripture says that when we pray, we should pray his kingdom come and his will be done. The will sits, amen, in the realm of the soul. Have you noticed that, that the will, amen, the will of man sits in the realm of the soul? So a, a, an, an unreformed, an untransformed will cannot, amen, push for the agendas of God. It's amazing that most time we talk about the will of God. Let the will of God come. Let his name be exalted. We, we want to pray. But we cannot pray with a desire that, amen, is not, is not renewed. That, with a desire that is not born out of a heart and passion. When, uh, when we've lost zeal for God and the things of God, there is no way we can see the manifestation, amen, of, of, you know, of the hand of God in our life. There has to be a point, a place in our life where we are believing God to be awakened again, amen, into us the things that pleases him and these are the things that i believe the spirit of god really will have us look into because if we understand this thing then we are dealing with amen the primary we're dealing with the fundamentals we're dealing with that condition that position amen where our spirit where our heart our life amen is rejuvenated if there's anything we need right now if there's anything you and i need right now we need to be awakened amen towards the ways of god towards the will of god i'm not talking about just going to church and doing those you know christian things and all of those things that we do this is a brand new day this is a brand new season this is a time where heaven has ushered us amen into a different topography and we need to understand amen the template and the and the and the spiritual requirement for this brand new day and when i talk about understanding i'm not just talking about some residual knowledge i'm talking about amen an experiential knowledge a desire a quest a longing a passion amen that that, that runs hard after god if that is not there i tell you there's nothing that is going to happen god will have to raise another generation a new order of people will have to emerge because God works with those, amen, who have the desire, who have the passion. He said, I can't stand you being lukewarm. He said, I'd rather, you, I'd rather have you 
cold, amen, than to be lukewarm. I rather, I rather have you hot or cold than to be lukewarm, amen. God does not work with a people that are lukewarm in heart. So this issue is important to this position that we are. We say we are in the twilight. We are, we are in the beginning. We are at the starting point, amen, of a new day. Heaven is opening the door, hallelujah, of the temple. And we're saying these are the dynamics we need to understand. If the, if the door, amen, if the temple of God is going to be open, if we're talking about the restoration, amen, of the altar. Very soon we're going to be looking into Leviticus chapter 6. One of the things that God said in Leviticus chapter 6 in the building of the altar, amen, and in the ministration of the altar is that the fire must not go off. He said the fire must not go off. The fire must burn day and night, day and night. That speaks into, amen, a state of our desire. Because indeed what fans, amen, the fire of the altar of, of the house of God, amen, is a desire. When we talk about the flame, when we talk about passion, when we talk about zeal for the things of God, all, amen, speaks into the condition of our desire. Like I said, you know, sometimes back when we started this teaching, desire was given to us by the Father, amen, to long, to pursue, to advance his will, his purpose, his kingdom in the earth. And I pray this morning that all right, there will be a stirring in our heart because this is not something that, you know, we're talking about that is just another well this is not one of those message you hear that is a good message is a you know well well that's that's a very nice message you know and you keep it somewhere you know you shelve it somewhere no 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 this one deals straight to amen the condition of our heart this one goes straight amen to to seek to adjust amen the state of our mind the state of our heart the state of our life amen you will never be anything you do not desire you will never achieve anything, amen, you do not desire. The Bible says, whatsoever a man, amen, seek for, desire, when he prays, he must believe that he receives and that thing shall be done. So desire goes even before our prayer. We can't pray effectively if we don't have, amen, a desire to, to you know, to, 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 to seek God, amen. I mean, for you to pray, you have to have a desire to want to go to God. You have to have the desire to move towards, amen, his, 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 his heartbeat, his, his, his counsel. You have to have a desire for his word. You have to have a desire for his presence. You have to have a desire, amen, for his name. You have to have a desire to, to do his bidding, to live for him. There has to be, we, we cannot, we cannot have this, you know, spiritual kind of life that, okay, I, I'll do whatever I, I, I need to do, you know, but, but I also do whatever he wants me to do. And, you know, we, we cannot, you know, compartment, con uh, put this thing in, in a compartment. We cannot decide, okay, oh, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's leave this one. No, the things of God are all interwoven, interconnected. They are all a, a, a position of, of unity and, and, and oneness in the spirit. Our desire must be speaking into, amen, our, you know, our, our, our position of, the, you know, the word. Our desire must be speaking into our longing, amen, for his, his, his will. Bible says we should pray Maranatha, that he comes, that he comes, that he returns. How many of us are praying that? How many of us are really longing for his coming again? No, we, we, we want this world. And somebody says, give me the world and we deal with Jesus later on. Just give me the world. Just give me what I need. And we deal with Jesus later on. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. For those that God, amen, uses and we use, particularly in this new day, will be people who have, amen, a passionate, a passionate desire for God. I'm not talking about passionate desire for ministry. I'm not talking about passionate desire for something else. I'm talking about, amen, a desire, a quest for God, for the Father, amen, for Christ, for the Spirit of God. That's what I'm talking about. When that desire is established, 
in our lives. Amen. When that desire becomes the firm foundation that, that defines who we are, guess what? Every other thing will begin to amen, come as an addition. But if you are desiring something else, if the measure, amen, your, 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 your level of desire and they discover that there's something more, there's something higher that you're seeking for that is not God. There's something that you're seeking for about God, but it's not the Father. There's something that you're looking for in the kingdom, but it's not the Father himself. There's something that you're yearning for, but it's not the heart of the Father. They don't give you nothing. In fact, if they give you, they give you a blessing. And that's it. But the days, the nature of the days that heaven has brought us into is a day that is beyond blessing. We're coming into spiritual inheritance. And for that to happen, we must have a desire for God. It's from there that will show us things. You see, when we begin to press towards this position, every other thing that we are talking about, that we are teaching or that we are listening to, amen, as message, we then become a tool. You see, many times we, we are running towards getting tools. We, our, many of us, our spiritual life are full of tools, 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 tools to build God knows what. We've, we have all kinds of machineries and tools, but the quest to use the tools are not there. The, the passion, the longing to want to apply those tools are not there in our life. But yes, I've got, the, I, I've got all the latest tools. I've got all the understanding. I've got all the concordance. I've got all the, you know, you know all the materials that I need. You know, they're all there. You, we see them and like, wow. You know, anybody that look at us and say, wow, this, this guy, he, he, he's got it. But guess what? We're not using those tools. We're not, we're not, we're not drinking. There's food on the table. We're not eating. Amen. There is new wine served in the house. We're not drinking. Why? Because we've lost the desire to eat. Because we are sick. You know, sick people lose the desire to eat. Sick people lose the desire. Even if amen, they, they are dehydrated. You, you have to force them amen, to drink. Why? Because they are sick. Meaning that something has gone wrong. Amen. In, in, in the body system that doesn't want food. You have to force yourself to eat. You have to force yourself to drink. You have to force yourself to have a bath. You just want to lay down. That's what happened to sick people. When we are spiritually sick. All we just want to do is just to lay down somewhere. It's just want to relax somewhere. We have no passion we have no quest we have no longing we have no desire for the things of god and when we go you know do something for god we're doing it because either somebody wants us to do it or either because it's just a responsibility well i just need to go preach today well I, well i just have to go sing you know I, well i just have to you know lead the lead the lead the intercession in church well i'm just you know i'm just doing my job <laughs> you, you know we we doing it but we've lost you know, the things that you need to do that will cause people to fall on their face. You know, there's a way you pray that will, that will saturate the, the place, amen, with the presence of God. There's a way you preach, amen, that brings down the presence and the glory of God. There's a way, hallelujah, you do things when you have a desire for God that literally brings down the fire of God. That is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about going through the motion. I'm not talking about just doing it because you need to do it. I'm not talking about just opening the door, amen, of the house of God because you, you, you are, you are the gatekeeper. I'm talking about, amen, you having an understanding of why you need to do what you're doing why you're doing what you what what you have been called to do this is what i'm talking about and this is what is going to assist us amen to bring back 
the presence of God. The presence of God doesn't come just because we show up. The presence of God comes because we show up with the right heart. Because we show up with the right attitude. Because we are ready to go. Amen. Listen, listen to what the Bible says about the Pharisees. The Pharisees can go to the ends of the earth to win a proselyte. Only to make that person twice the son of the devil. Just think about that level of iniquity. Now when you look at a Pharisee, amen, on a face value, you, you, you will say, wow, this person is committed. This guy is committed, you know, to evangelism. This guy is so committed, amen, to, to the things of God. Not understanding that behind that act, there's an, there's an agenda that is totally outside the order and the principles of God. Totally, amen, outside the, 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 the desires of God. This, the desire for the Father is what motivates us to do whatever we are doing, whatever we are called to do. I, I, I didn't have a plan, you know, when I... When we finished the first, first session this morning, I didn't have a plan of coming to have this, you know, second broadcast. No, it wasn't in my mind. It was in my heart. But I felt a desire. I felt the Lord, amen, once me to to come again and, and proclaim this thing and you know sometimes you do this without even knowing who is going to come who, who's going to who's not who's not going to come you know you, you 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 just do it in obedience because you know that whenever god speaks to you is because he wants to reach somebody you see when we begin to see life and ministry from that point that whenever god stares our heart is because he needs to reach somebody then we will not take the things of god for granted because i can shove it and say well well I, i've got other things to do i can do this i can do that and those things it's not like they're bad things but that's not what the father is calling for a life that responds to the voice a life that responds amen to the will of god to the counsels of god a life that is there amen when god says i need you to be there you're there that's a heart that's a mind that's a that's a faculty amen that is pursuing god says to abraham walk before me and be perfect walk with me you know the bible says, enoch walk with god 365 years think about that you know, I try to imagine that. How do you walk with God 365 years? All your life you're walking with God. And the Bible says the reason why he walked with God is because he was a righteous man. By faith we understand that Enoch walked with God. So this is not a walk of you know, human strength. Nobody walks with God by his own strength. Nobody serves God by their own strength. Now when the enemy can distract us away from the strength of God. Amen. To begin to try to do things by our own ability and grace and strength. That's when we begin to get defeated. And the enemy is very good amen, in that tactics. He's very, very good. He's a master in getting us distracted and derailed. But listen to this. Let me just quickly say this. If you look back to many of the things that have happened in the church. You know, I'm one sent to the church. So every time I speak, I speak, you know, in the context of the church, the body of Christ. Because that's my, that's my assignment. Yes, we preach to everybody in the world. We're sent to everyone. We're sent to, you know, to preach to everyone in the world. But my primary ministry, amen, is to see that we fix the church. Because when we fix the church, it helps the church, amen, to be, you know, to be ready. And of course, to accelerate in, in, our, in our assignment and mission, amen, to, you know, to, to world, you know, harvest. 
So, so everybody must understand who they are, where they are, and the grace that heaven has given to them. I'm very comfortable, amen, in, in bringing the word to the body of Christ, in seeing how we can restore, in seeing how we can rebu rebuild, amen, and sometimes rebuke, amen. That's, it's, that's, not, a, that's not a place that uh, you, you want to be. It's not an easy because, you know, it, it looks like you're throwing a stone and everybody, amen, wants to throw a stone back to you. But I've got to do what the Lord has called me to do because somebody will have to talk about this thing. Somebody will have to, amen, address this thing. If we want a church that is united, that is perfected, amen, that is mature, we will have to, amen, deal with all of the mess, all of the issues, amen, that has brought us to where we are. So what I'm saying is in the past couple of, you know, uh, um, years, you know, maybe two, three decades, let's not take it too far, two, three decades, we've seen, I mean, a, a way where any, the enemy has systematically, brought the church to the point of so much activity that amen has been able to drag our heart away from the things that really matters to god and that's why you discover that it's so easy for us to get you know uh, uh, discouraged it's easy for us to get you know uh, 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 disconnected disorientated it's so easy for us today in the church to get offended why because many of the things that we're doing amen are done by human strength are done by human you know our uh, uh, wisdom you know we're trying to please somebody we're trying to you know get a, a, a promotion all right we, we, we're trying to you know please you know our congregation we, we, we you know the all kinds of things that we're doing that are outside seeking to please God. And the more we do that, the more we lose the life, the more we lose the, you know, the authority, the more we lose the, the presence of God. And in fact, you will notice that, all right, except for this new day that the Lord, amen, is beginning to restore us back. We just go and do our own thing. And we, we've become like the prophets of Baal. We scream all, all day and all night. But no one, no one answers. And that is because our heart has been disconnected from the things, from the genuine things of God. Yes, there's a gathering, but our gathering is not unto him. There's all kinds of things happening and taking place, but we're so far away from the ways of God. The passion, the yearning, the longing, around the quest for the things of God is no longer there. But we're doing what we need to do. So we just become, you know, church people. We've become, you know, just traditional people, ceremonial. Yes, we, we're into ceremony and all of these things that we do. But guess what? Our heart is no longer seeking for Zion. We're no longer pursuing and journeying towards that place of the pleasures of the Father. Why? Because we, we, we are all, you know, fighting each other. We, we, we are all, you know, trying to jostle each other, trying to outdo each other. It's, 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 it's a ministry of the flesh. It's a ministry amen, of sweat. It's a ministry of man. And until we begin to talk about this thing that can steer our heart back amen, to the right place, it will just be effort, futile, effort, amen, waste. Our strength and energy would have been invested amen, for things that will not last. So I, I pray and I hope that we will understand the urgency, amen, of this declaration, of this proclamation. That we will respond accordingly. Because that is what I'm hoping for. You know, we, we, we looked at that scripture. We still looked at that scripture. The, uh, the, uh, Second Chronicles uh, uh, 29. There's something about desire that we've shared on this before. I'm going to quickly look at this scripture. Then I'll go back to Leviticus. And then we'll look at two other scripture. All right. 
Okay, let's look at Second Chronicles 29. Ezekiel was 25 years old when he became a king. I like that. When he became a king. When you become a king, several things can begin to happen in your life. <laughs> the dynamics of your life change. Being a prince and a king are two different things. Yes, at the position of a prince, you, you exhibit royalty. Yes, you, they, they, you, they, they accord honor you know, to you. There are certain things that, are, you, you, that, that, that you enjoy. But becoming a king is a call of responsibility. It's not just about you know the crown. It's not just about the 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 the, the, the purple robe, the royal robe. It's not just about well now. You know, being becoming a king. You know, a lot of people want to be kings, but they don't understand that being a king makes you vulnerable. I mean, you have more enemy in your life when you become a king. Think about it. You cannot please everybody. When you become a king, everybody wants a piece of you. You know, you have to deal with, you know, international affairs. You have to deal with family affairs. You have to deal with, you know, your local affairs. You have to deal with almost every area of life. In fact, you no longer have a life. When you become a king, your life now is offered, amen, to others. Being a king is not about, you know, having the nice, having the best car, living in the best house. Those things are good, but that's not what makes you a king. It means that now you, the wisdom, the wisdom, amen, to, to keep a nation together. The wisdom to keep your house together. The wisdom, amen, to, to, to you know, to lead things. The, the, the knowledge, amen, to put things right. The ability to make the right decision. Being a king is not an easy thing. Being a leader is not an easy thing because you know that, that's what we everybody in the church we want to be we want authority we want power we want hey we want to be kings yes we are priests and kings in the air but do we understand the responsibility that place on us somebody's life depends on your decision somebody's home somebody's career somebody's you know work the business I mean it's so easy for you to be you know having success here on the other side for you to be failing being a king means you've got to have eyes all around you've got to have ears on ground amen things that happen that you know you're not aware of they will blame you for it because you are the king you are the leader come on think about it i don't envy Cyril Maposa. i do not envy him one minute i mean somebody is found to be corrupt amen in his cater among you know his leadership the next thing, people are burning, amen, the t-shirt with his face on it. Because they believe that he is the one that has instigated, amen, you know, the, the, the man to be arrested. So, there is, there is no way you can win in being a king. You're the king. You should know better. Everybody wants a piece of you. No, you must please all the factions, all the sides. Just think about that. It's easy to want to be the, be, be, be the head of the company. But do you know what it means to run a company? You can't even run your own life, but you want to run a company. You want to run a, a home. You want to run a family. But you don't understand the responsibility, the, 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 the wisdom. You have to choose the right people. You have to, I mean, just think about the responsibility of being a king, being a leader. Because that's what it boils down to. If, you, if you're a king, you're a leader. It's amazing it's just amazing to begin to understand to begin to look at these things amen from the eyes of the spirit 
to begin to see that's why if, if there's anything the spirit of god is emphasizing with all of the things we've been dealing with in terms of the economy of god amen since the past you know uh, eight months is for us to have a company of people that can amen represent that position of priesthood and kingship we're talking about the restoration of the authority of God. But for, for that authority to be restored, amen, the, the altar must be restored because the authority of God comes from the altar. The authority of the people comes from the altar. If, if, if we're going to have a people, amen, that will represent the intentions of God, if we're going to have a church, amen, that, that, that will speak forth the counsels of God and defend the activities of God in our day, if we're going to restore society back to their right place and right order, listen, there has to be a people that are given authority authority doesn't come without accountability without commitment without submission amen all of the dynamics that allow us to become an effective leader begins from the position of the restoration of the altar and this is why it's important that we we understand king ezekiah that we understand king ezekiah this guy, amen, in his position as a king, he, he wasn't just going around and making treaties. Because that's, I mean, you will, I will assume that should be the right thing to do. All right? You're a king. You want your kingdom to be, you know, to be secure. So you go, you go make, you know, treaties with all your, all your enemies. All right? You put things in, in their rightful place. But guess what? This man inherited, amen, a kingdom that is far, that has divorced himself from God. Ezekiel inherited a kingdom earlier that no longer have a desire, a passion for for God is the care inherited in a nation, amen, that have become idolatrous. And is the care inherited a nation, amen, that people, amen, prefer to worship Baal than God. Think about it. You know, the strength of a leader is not known because, amen, the leader comes and find everything intact and, uh, all right, let's just glide on. A true leader will not give an excuse that, well, you know, when I came on, on the throne, everything was bad. That's why you cannot take it from Donald Trump, the things he's done. Nobody can question, amen, the, the, the economic policy. I'm not saying all right, that, you know, focusing on the economy of America is the best. But it's, it's clear that when Donald Trump took, amen, the, the position of leadership, come on. He transformed an economy, you know, that was on deficit. An economy that amen, has, has lost it all. I mean, Obama and the rest of them have sold all the, 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 the concept of, you know, development, you know, national development. They've sold it to China and the rest of the world. But this man came. Maybe that's part of his assignment. Maybe he's done his assignment. But you can, you can be rest assured. This man came and transformed that economy. That's just one aspect. The same thing with Cyril Maposa, even though there's a lot I would expect him to do. He's a, he's a slow runner, but at least we're beginning to see some change. And we're praying, amen, that even the things that we're beginning to see in South Africa, amen, will become even clearer as, as the Lord, as, as, as we're praying and we're hearing God, amen, answering our prayer. We're seeing, amen, you know, justice. And you can see even in the, in the, in the, in the fraternity of justice, there's chaos. And that's because there's a battle for the soul of this nation. But what I'm saying is, there has to be a quest, a desire. There has to be somebody who understands, amen, how to utilize their leadership position, how to carry out, amen, the intentions of God. And of course, how to know what is priority in terms of their position of leadership. But all this begins with a state of desire. 
They say when we talk about desire, it, this is not just some slight, you know, thing. No, no, this is something that is very, very vital and critical, amen, to the movement, to the development, to the advancement, to the restoration, to the renovation, to the reformation of a nation, of a home, of a family. If we don't know what comes first, if we don't know what is important, amen, the enemy is going to change, amen, our strength. The enemy is going to throw some, you know, bones to us, amen. While we chase the bone, amen, is gone for, you know, the, 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 the main thing. And that's what is happening right now. We require, we need a broad prophetic understanding to know why God gave, gives to us certain things. Why, why certain positions, certain realities, amen, are, are, you know, are taking place in our life. We need a prophetic understanding. We need somebody that can bring a prophetic perspective. And that's what I'm doing this morning. I'm bringing the prophetic perspective, amen, to the concept, amen, of the Shunammite woman. Amen. The Shunammite woman, amen. Even though she was waiting for a lover, but a point, a period came. The Bible says she went to sleep and she locked the door. But the, but the, but the lover finally came. But guess what? She said it was too late for, for her to open the door. While the lover, amen, was holding the handle of the, of, the door, of the door, dripping with oil. This woman would not open. By the time she decided, okay, I'm going to open the door for him, he was gone. He was gone. That's a parable to all of us. Not just to, you know, the corporate church. It starts from our individual life there is a period where god comes and start knocking amen and, and and they are seeking for you to respond they, they want you to respond in desire to the things of god but you, you know you're too fast asleep you you're, you're too deep into slumber you cannot wake up because you know i've gone to bed i can't get up i can't get up i'm tired it means you have no sense amen of the season you have no sense of the of 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 importance for somebody to come and knock at your at your door 1 a.m in need amen in need at 2 a.m in need and you say well well i'm 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 so don't you understand that we are in the midnight hour there are things right now that is calling for certain response system from us when when you hear the voice one you jump that's a call for desire the Shunammite woman missed a time. She missed, she missed a moment because she could not see. She could not. I've been waiting. You know, it's like the ten virgins. They were all waiting. All waiting. The, ven the virgins were all waiting. But guess what? At a point, they could no longer wait. And that's where we need to really, really, amen, zero in the concept of having a burning desire for God because we all can go to sleep and it's like you know the church we're in a state of slumber now but I hear the sound of awakening I hear the sound of awakening the spirit of God is awakening us again earlier to newness we have to hear the voice of this new day and we have to respond amen by the promptings of the spirit one of the things that we believe in God for is that God will begin to touch our ears to hear. God will begin to touch our mind, amen, to respond. That every faculty in our life, amen, will respond to the desires of God. Will respond to the call of God. Will respond to the speakings of God.
of God that we will not, amen, allow, amen, slumber and, and heaviness of heart, amen, and, 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 and weakness of mind, amen, to keep us in a state when they're calling us to respond. So, Ezekiah, King Ezekiah, the Bible says he was a king. I mean, that, that, that scripture, that word just stirred my spirit, amen. Ezekiah was 25 years old when he became a king. He reigned in Jerusalem, 20, you know, 29 years old. His mother's name was Abijah, daughters of, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. We looked at this this morning. The heart of this man, amen, the quest of this man was to please God. That's what I'm talking about when we talk about, amen, of the pursuance of desire. The pursuance of desire is to please God, is to honor God, hallelujah, is to glorify him, is to see that, amen, he is first and first and he remains first in our life, in our desire, that he is not second, that he is not secondary, amen, that in everything we do, no matter how 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 complex or how you know irrelevant that thing is that he's first he pleased god in the eyes of the lord he, he 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 did what was right in the eyes of the lord the bible says in the first month this is this is what is really causing my heart to feel lord help us the bible says in the first month in the first month of the first year of his reign he opened the door of the temple of the Lord. You know the Bible says something about Saul. David said in the days of Saul. The ark of God. The presence of God was not sought for. In fact. David, you know, King Saul ruled in a time where. The, the, the presence of God. The ark of God was not in the land. And to him. You know, it, that doesn't really bother him. He, he's not bothered. He's not care. He, he doesn't care. <laughs> you notice that the very first thing that David did. Amen. When he, he, he became a king, he said, let's go fetch, let's go bring back the presence of God. Let's go get, let, 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 us, let us assemble ourselves. We must bring back God. He is our king. I'm just a caretaker. The real king must be, must be returned to his throne. That's a beautiful one. You will notice that all the kings in the Bible... They are known for either restoring the things of God back to their rightful place and serving God or turning away from amen, the principles of God and serving something else. All the kings in the Bible. So you can either be part of a company of them who follow amen, the pattern of David or part of them who follow something else. Idolatry. Jeroboam. The worship of Baal. Strange altars. Strange gods. We want to be a company of them, hallelujah, whose hearts are seeking, pursuing, yearning after God and his desire. And this is what we track, amen, in King Ezekiah. And I'm saying this is a pattern that we all need, particularly in this season. If we're going to see God move in our heart, in our lives, amen, we have to have a heart, amen, that is in tune. A heart that is pursuing a heart that is yearning, a heart that is longing, a heart that is searching, a heart alaya, that wants to see his glory manifest. Let me look at one or two things I said in my note here. Nothing of the spirit gets to be birthed in us or through us without a hot pursuit of an awakened desire. Nothing of the spirit gets to be birthed in us or through us. Amen. Without a desire, without a, not just a pursuit, the pursuit must be, must be hot, must be deliberate. It must be fervent. 
You must, you must yearn for it. You must hunger for it. All right. Not everyone who seeks God finds him. The ones who seek God diligently finds him. That's a clause. You have to be diligent. You know, seeking God when you feel like seeking him. Seeking him when you, when you wake up on the right side of the bed like they say. That's not going to cut it. You have to do it in season and out of season. You have to do it when you feel like, amen, or when you don't feel like. You have to do it, amen, when you're happy and when you're sad. You have to do it, amen, even when you're on a sick bed. You still, your heart will still have to pursue, amen. You have to do it when nobody sees it and when everybody's there around you. You are not moved by the crowd, amen, and you are not moved if, when, if, if you're alone or by yourself. You still do it. It's not something that, you know, an external, you know, you need an external, you know, a, a motivation to do no it's something your heart is logged onto is determined to do and that is what is required that is what is needed if we're going to please god we have to have we have to get amen that sense of desire that is awakened that is that is longing that is yearning that is pursuing amen that is not amen giving up to the things of god you are going after him you want is like you want him more than you, the very life you breathe it's like if i can't have it like I, like I was sharing, you know, uh, the last time we did the part two of this, this, this teaching, talking about Anna. Anna said, you give me a child or I'm going to die. Give me a son or I die. She wanted the son so badly to the point that God, amen, finally respond. Even though, amen, she was being mocked. She was being challenged by Pelina. There's a church out there that doesn't care. It's called the church of Pelina. Pelina's got everything going for her. She's got children. You know, going to the house of God is just, you know, one of those things. Sacrifice is like one of those things. Well, what, what do I need to sacrifice? For? I've got children. I've got everything going for me. I've got my business running. I've got my home running for me. You know, she feels so she feels secure. That's Pelina for you. Ah, but Pelina, you've got to be careful. The scripture says she was mocking Anna. She didn't know that amen, what was going on in the, in the life of Anna amen, was designed by God. It was God amen, that closed the womb amen, of Anna. The time to have a child has not come. It was God who shut the womb. Amen. It was God who said no. Uh, 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 you know, to the husband, you're not going to have a child now. There's a, some, there's a period, there's a time frame that I'm working on. Amen. I'm bringing judgment. Amen. To the house of Eli. I'm bringing, you see, some of us don't even understand that many of the things happening in our life is because God has a program. God has a plan. God has a timeline that he's following. So you look at yourself and you allow what people see to judge you and to define who you are. Meanwhile, you don't understand that your life basically amen, is aligning to the calendar of God. That there is a period, there's a time coming amen, where what men call barren will become hallelujah, a house of joy, a house of a joyful sound. The same thing happened amen, in the life of Elizabeth. The Bible says both of them were stricken in age. They were stricken in years. They are both old. Elizabeth, amen, and Zechariah were both old. But guess what? God was walking towards a time frame. There's a time frame where the things of God gets to be born, gets to be birthed, gets to be released. But if we allow what we don't have or the state and the condition of our life to define and determine our desire, we will miss God. In fact, we're going to blame God. We're going to blame you know, our walk with God. We're going to blame things. We're going to blame people. And we've done that. And we're still doing that. 
People are very good in doing that. And if you allow them, amen, to get into to get into you, to get into your skin, amen, and cause you to begin to see the things, amen, that God that, that, that God is not doing, and you're no longer seeing the things that God amen is doing, you will lose your fire. You will because you see we get motivated when we get blessed. <laughs> we get we get motivated when you know they're not getting blessed or things are not going their way. Nobody nobody gets motivated. You know you feel like okay, let me just do it. Let me just do it. But you're not doing it with all your heart because you're expecting something to come out of what you're doing. I've been sowing. I've been sowing. I expect amen some harvest here. I've been sowing. I've been giving. I expect something to come. But guess what? Yes, yeah, something will come. But the Bible talk about a due time, a due season. Don't cast amen your 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 hope down amen when the day when the time has not come. The Bible says as long as the earth remains, seed time, seed. Time. Don't just talk about the seed. You've got to. You've got to factor it with the time. Seed time. The time, amen, is what qualifies the, the the period of sowing. If you sow out of time, don't expect to reap, amen, in due season. Seed time and harvest time. Time, amen, defines. Time is our judge. Time, amen, is, is what separates, amen, the truth from lie. Time is what defines, amen, error, amen, from the truth, amen. Time is what defines, amen, you know, you know, that which is out of order, amen, and that which is, amen, you know, designed in order. It's time. Somebody will listen to me today and say, hey, this guy is crazy. He's just making noise. He likes to make noise. Well, you can declare that now. But a time is going to come. You're going to be regretting and going to say, oh, I wish I'd listened to him. I wish I'd listened to that man. Then you will know by that time that it's not noise. That I'm speaking, amen, the heart of God, the mind of God. When we don't understand the timings of God for our life, not like we fully understand it, but we see when you say you follow God, one of the things that you need to follow God is trust. Your faith cannot work without trust. Because in faith, they will ask you to do something. All right? Your faith is translated, amen, to obedience in trust. If you, if you say, well, I've got faith. They say, if you've got faith, show me your work. Show me the obedience, amen, of your faith. That, that obedience is translated to trust. Because God will say, okay, I, I want to bless you, but I need you to leave your father's house. I need you to leave that place. I need you to move from that place. You say, I, I, I'm not, hello, I'm not going to do this one. Because, I mean, if I leave, now what am I going to feed on? What am I, they, said, they said, if we go and fight, who is going to take care of our children? God said, okay, if, if, if that is how you want to do this, well, keep roaming, keep roaming the desert. They roamed the desert for 40 years and they all died in the wilderness. Amen. And the children that they felt you know they have they have the custodian to to watch over is the children that entered we have to understand amen that god has a divine timing timing is sacred to god time is sacred to god you see there's a period you're sowing, you're doing everything, but not, it's like you're doing nothing, but you're sowing, you're doing things, you're putting in your effort, you're putting in the time of prayer. I, I mean, I can tell you about the times of my life, times of my life, that I'm doing things and nobody hears, nobody sees it, nobody knows, nobody knows the, the, you know, what you're sowing into sowing weeping and crying the bible says those who go forth amen sowing in weeping shall return hallelujah in joy yes this period for, to me is not my harvest has not come yet i'm still sowing because you never you never stop sowing if you want to have 
Amen. The lasting harvest of God in your life, you have to continue. Even when the people say, oh, you have arrived into a day of harvest, you better, amen, you better know how to take that harvest, amen, and turn it into what? Into a season of sowing. Because the day you think you've come into harvest, you no longer have seed for the next season. The farmers know that. That in their harvest, they must keep aside, amen, certain quantities of seed for the next season. It's a fool that believes that, well, I've come into abundance. I've come into God knows what. I've come into revelation. I've come into this. So you just spend everything and squander everything. That is a reflection of being foolish. We have to understand that our life are defined in season. And what motivates what we do, amen, is how we respond to the season. But like I'm saying, we cannot respond if our fire, if the desire, if the quest of God, if the flame of God has died down. So while you may, you may love the things that I'm saying, it's not going to work for you until you begin to practice, amen, the process, the principle. Hallelujah. Until you begin to say, God, give me a heart for you. Give me a desire for you. Give me a quest for you. Give me, Lord. Burn my heart, oh God, with your fire. Awaken me again. Yes, Lord. You see, some of us, we have been so, we have been so dealt with that our, our spiritual nerves are dead. We no longer have a feeling. The, the, you know, when you have been, when you have been injured, you, you, I'm sure you understand this. If you've been injured before, all right? That injury, alright, works on your on your on your on your nerves, alright. When you touch that nerves, you hardly can feel anything. The muscle is dead there. When the muscle is there, it dead, you know, and and all the nerves are there. The, 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 the nutrients and all the, you know, the, the, the sparks, the energy, you know, the electricity that allow us to feel things and all of that, you know, the, the, the chemistry that allows us to feel and respond, dead. Because, you know, electrons can no longer pass through, you know, that nerves is dead. The electron will have to find a different, a different, you know, uh, 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 path. But it's, that thing is still part of your body. You can still see it there. I'm sure you've got some scars in your body and all of that. You know what I'm talking about? That, that place, that point is dead. Now that is what has happened to many. Things that have happened to us in the past. We've allowed them to become amen, you know, a scar that we can no longer feel. Uh, in, in certain instances, maybe that's good. But amen, in the context of what I'm talking about, uh, bro, it, it's not good. You, you want to be able to feel it. You want to be able to feel it. You want to, you want to have a feel. You want to have a feel because if you can't feel, you cannot respond. You cannot respond. You cannot respond. And you want to be able to respond. You want to be able to touch God. You want to be able to feel his life. You want to be able to feel his presence. You want to be able to feel his truth. You want to be able to rise up and when God calls. That's what we need. So I want to encourage you. All right. That in this season in time where heaven is speaking to us and we're hearing the sound. Ask the Lord to touch your ears. 
That this word will not just pass through one, one ear and come out on the, on the other side. No. God touched my ears to hear you. And to respond accordingly. David said once the Lord spoke twice. I heard the whole power belongs to God. When you hear you respond. You want to respond and respond you know, precisely. You want to respond to the right voice. You want to respond amen, to what the voice is demanding. Not just respond and do your own thing, but respond, amen, in pleasing the Lord, in honoring him. The Bible says, amen, that he opened, Ezekiah opened, amen, the door of the temple of God. He opened it. He opened it, amen, for service. He opened it for worship. Like I said, Ezekiah understood. Ezekiah could have done so many things. He could have prioritized so many things as a king. But Ezekiah understood this man had insight. He had foresight. He had insight. He knew that there is no way you can engage the things of God if amen, you don't prioritize the things of God. And there's no way you can become amen, an effective leader. There's no way you can transform your nation, the economy of your life, your home, your family, if you do not prioritize hallelujah, your response to the things of God. So Ezekiah the first thing he said no there has to be a reopening of the house of God there has to be a reopening amen of the of the of the, of the glory of God we want to see the glory of God amen flow God's glory flow into a nation through amen his people through his temple God's glory flow into a nation the presence of God the, the blessings of God flows into a nation amen by the opening of the house of God. So when you shut down the house of God, amen, in the nation, guess what? You've shut, you, you've, you shut out, amen, the blessings of God. But what I'm talking about is, is the priority that Ezekiah have. That priority speaks into his desire. That priority speaks into what, amen, his mind, hallelujah, is connected to. That priority speaks into, amen, what his soul, what his body, what his spirit, amen, is longing for. That priority, hallelujah, in Ezekiah, amen, speaks into something, amen, that is number one in his life, amen. God is not number two. God is not third place in the life of King Ezekiah. He knew that for God, amen, to, for, for him to be effective leader, for him to do things, that will bring hope, restoration, bring prosperity to his nation. He needs to connect, amen, to God. And the only way he can do that is when the house of God is reopened. The question you might ask yourself, who shut the house of God? Well, the people shut it. Let's read on quickly. I'm going to round up with this. We're not done yet, but we'll see how I can round up with this. The Bible says in the first, uh, I'm reading Second uh, Chronicles 29. Let me take it from verse 3 again. In the first month of the first year of his reign, he opened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in the priest and the Levites, assembled them amen, in the square of the east side of the east side and said, listen to me, Levites. Levites are those, amen, who are designed, who have been, you know, set aside by God, amen, to handle the things of the temple, to handle the things of God, to handle, amen, the things of the kingdom. He said to me, he said to, 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 to the Levites, amen, consecrate yourself, set yourself apart, amen, go wash yourself, go clean yourself from all this mess, consecrate yourselves. Amen. Now and consecrate the temple. You can't consecrate the temple if the if the if the if the if the, if the, the priest, amen, who ministered the temple are not consecrated. You, you can see where the Lord, amen, is, is leading us. And consecrate the temple of the Lord, the God of your fathers. Listen to this. It says, He went further. He says, uh, consecrate the temple of the Lord, the God of your fathers. It says, remove 
all the defilements in the sanctuary. Remove it. We are in the we are in the midst of a powerful reformation here. Amen. Called the reformation of King Ezekiah. Amen. Ezekiah is not dealing with the with the nation first. No, he's dealing with the nerve system. He's dealing with the nerve system of the nation. He's dealing with amen. What defines the restoration of the nation? You see, we, we can't like I said, a lot of people say, Oh, let's let, let the economy be restored. We just want to get back to our own thing. We, yes, <laughs> but guess what? The church, the priest, the Levite, amen, the, the men of God, amen, the people of truth, first of all, must go back, amen, and begin to open the temple of God because the opening of the temple defines the prosperity of the nation it's not the other way around if you don't know this then well i'm saying it it says remove all the defilement from the sanctuary remove remove all the defilement from the sanctuary listen to this verse 6 it says our fathers were unfaithful our fathers were unfaithful they did evil in the eyes of the Lord, our God, and forsook him. They turned their face away from the Lord, from the Lord's dwelling place, and turned amen, their back to him. This is what happens when we, we lost, when we lost the desire, when we lost our desire for God. We turn our back on God. We turn our face, amen, you know, fr from God. We, talk, we turn our back to him. We turn our face from him, amen. He said our fathers, he, he identified the problem. You know, a lot of us want to see God's, God's move in our nation, our life, in our land. But we don't want to identify the problem. There is no fixing of the problem if you cannot identify the problem. How do you fix a problem you, 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 know, you refuse to identify? How do you do that? No, no, you, you're going to hurt the fathers. No, you're going to, no, no, no. It, we saying this thing doesn't mean hurting them. Saying this does not mean we disrespect the fathers. They disrespected God. Can we think about that? Before we say, okay, well, we're trying to disrespect the father. But do we, do we actually think about the fathers disrespecting? Because this thing, the things of God, flow from one generation to another. That's the principle. Alright? If I, if I leave a wrong legacy for my children, they will follow suit. So when I, when I say certain things to my children, it's because I want them to understand the right way, the right path. And we have to do that, amen. If your boss tells you, that's not right. That's, that, that, that's what we want to do. You can't get angry because he said that, because that's his responsibility. We, we have to identify what is wrong that needs to be fixed. Lest we bury our head, amen, like an ostrich saying, well, well, nobody sees me. Until we learn to identify problems, we can't fix them. Ezekiah identified our fathers were unfaithful. We don't rejoice over that. But it's an issue that we have to deal with. What led them to the point of being unfaithful? The Bible says, amen, they closed the house of God. They shut, amen, the doors of the house of God. They turned their face away from him. They turned their back to God. Got to understand, he's the one that's been providing for them. He's the one that is in protecting them. All that, amen, the nation of Israel represent was supplied by God. The Bible says they turned their back against him. So, he allowed, amen, foreigners to invade their land. They were captured. Let's read on. Our fathers were unfaithful. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and forsook him. They turned their face away from the Lord's dwelling place and turned, amen, their back on him. 
They also shot. Listen to this. They also shot. We're talking about leaders here. Our fathers. They shot the doors of the particle and put out, amen, the lamps. They turn off the light. <laughs> These guys were dangerous. They did not burn incense or present an offering, a burnt offering at the sanctuary of the God of Israel. Therefore, because of this evil, Ezekiah said, Therefore, the anger of the Lord has fallen on Judah and Jerusalem. So you know why they were taken captive. You know why they were led to Babylon. You know why all this evil happened to them. You know why the land is in disarray. You know why there is confusion. You know why there is famine. There is lack. You know why there is waywardness, rebellion, and all of this. Because the anger of the Lord broke into the land. Therefore the anger of the Lord fall on Judah and Jerusalem. He has made them an object of dread and horror. And a scorn. As you can see with your own eyes. This is why our fathers are falling by the sword. And why this guy has insight. This guy had understanding. He could, he could, he could see the reason why amen, the things that are happening are happening. You guys, you, you've turned away from the Lord. Your desire has been turned away from him to something else. So now you're no longer enjoying his blessing. You're no longer enjoying his protection. You're no longer enjoying his fatherhood. It says, therefore, they became a scorn. This is why our father fell by the sword. And our sons and daughters and our wife are in captivity. Now, now I intend to make, listen to this, verse 19. Now I intend to make, amen, a covenant with our Lord, the God of Israel. So that his fierce anger will be, will be turned away from us. My sons, do not, be, do, do, not do, do not be negligent now. For the Lord, amen, has chosen you to stand before him and serve him, to minister before him. So this guy went to look for young, vibrant, amen, you know, uh, uh, citizens. He said, we're going to bring, we're going to bring restoration. But before we bring restoration, we're going to bring, you know, uh, uh, transformation and, and rest, you know, and, and reformation to, you know, to the, to the house of God. I mean, I love this man. But all of the things that this man desired to do could not have been done if he had lost passion, if he had lost desire, if he had lost quest for God. And this is what I'm saying, that it all begins from our position of quest. It all begins from our position of desiring. The ways of God. It all begins, amen, from that point where, amen, we, we, we are stirred up. Let me, let me read uh, one more scripture, then I'll, I'll be done for today. Uh, uh, we read the scripture the last time in Proverbs 30, 15. It says, the, 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 the leech has two daughters. Give, give the cry. Give, give the cry. Amen. There are three things that are never satisfied. Four that never says enough. What a concept, amen, that heaven is using to bring us to the point where we can begin to measure our sense of desire and quest for the things of God. The nature, the nature of a lynch, amen, is what we need in our day. When you, when you latch onto the skin, you want to continue to suck. 
You want to continue to have, amen. You want to continue to draw the leech ass, amen. Two daughters. Give, give, they say. They never say it's enough. We should never come to the point in our life where we say we've having we, we've we've had we've had enough of God. We we no want we don't we no longer want the things of God. We need to be we need to be healed from our sickness. I told you earlier on when we are sick, we don't desire amen the things of God. We don't we don't want food. We don't want amen, anything that no. We just want to lie down. We just want to be ourselves. No, this is a day of healing. As we speak about the things that God is demanding from us in this new day, we need to also look at the concept, amen, of divine healing. Many people in the church need healing. Many men of God need healing. Many bishops need healing. Many apostles need healing. Many prophets need healing, amen. Teachers need healing. We all need to be healed from something. We all need, we all need to be healed, amen, from the wound. We must not allow those wounds to become, amen, a, 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 a dead, you know, scar that, that no longer has a feeling. We all need to be awakened. God, awaken our hearts to love. Awaken our minds, oh God. Awaken our passion for you. Awaken our motivation. Awaken our longing for you. We all need, amen, this position in our life where we can hear the sound of the Spirit and respond accurately. This is what I'm calling for. This is what I believe the Spirit of God will have us look into. As I round up now, I think we need to round up for now. Let's look back into our heart and ask ourselves, do I still have the motivation do, do I still have that, you know, that leap for joy? That sense of, yes, God is at work in my life. Can I still jump up and quest and yearn and run after the things of God? Or have I become so just there, just bare, not seeking, not searching? No. Not pursuing, not going out of my way. When last did you hear God speak to you? When last did you take a word that God said to somebody? When last were you, amen, an, 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 an errand boy to God? When last did God spoke to you about somebody that you went to deliver a message? When last, amen, did you, did you feel the impressions of the Spirit? When last did you weep? In the presence of God. When last did you feel, amen, the passion, the passion for his presence? When last did you feel the fire of God shut up in your bone? When last? Father, we honor your name. We glorify you. We thank you, Father, for your voice. May we not be people of the flesh. That all that defines our life is all that is around us. May we not be, oh God, a people, oh God. That all that defines our motivation is all that we can see, we can feel, we can touch. May we hear the voice and journey yonder. May we learn to begin to leave the ship behind and be attracted, oh God, by that burning bush. Whose leaves are not consumed. Draw us, O oh God. 
Only you can do this. We cannot do it by ourselves. We cannot give our way into this. We cannot bribe our way into this. We acknowledge that we have sinned. Our fathers have sinned. We have sinned, oh God. I have sinned. We all have sinned. Help us. Touch our hearts. Touch our lives. Awaken us, O oh God, unto righteousness. Awaken us unto righteousness. This is what we want to hear. Awaken our heart. Awaken our minds. Spirit of God. Do a new thing. Do a new thing in our lives. Do a new thing in my life. In the life of my home, my family. In the life of this one's father that you have committed into my spiritual care. To build them for you, O oh God. To prep them ready for you. Help us, Father. Not to become a byword. Not to die in this transition. When a new day comes, transition kicks in. And it's amazing how many people who begin in transition don't get to the end. Many die by the wayside. Father, we don't want to die by the wayside. We want to reach the end. We want to finish. We want to come to the place of perfection. We want to be part, oh God, of a people that will open the next season. A season has done on us. Now we are beginning to grow and develop and mature in hearing your voice for this new day. But we want to be able to finish this season. Whatever this season, whatever time frame, time span you have for this season, we want to see the end. We want to have, yes, the harvest of what we have sown in terms of seed in this new day. Help us, Father, to continue to sow seed. Not to be tired. Not to be weak. Aflame our desire again. Awaken our desire again. Help us to learn, O oh God, from the woman of Samaria at the well. That no matter, yes, the several seasons of failures and, and lack and confusions and dysfunctionality, that when we find the true lover, help us to know how to respond. Not to look at him as one of our past boyfriends and, and girlfriends and past move and past things, oh God. Help us to see this one and accurately identify him. Jesus said to her, if you know the salvation of God, if, you, if only you know the one who is sitting here and asking you, you will ask for the living water. Help us, Father. Not to take this one and make this one and put this one in the same category of the past six that have failed. Help us to hear the sound of this new day and respond. It's easy to use the same brush to paint everyone, the same brush of, of a failure, to paint everyone that comes your way as the same. It's so easy to make the same mistake that when redemption is standing before you, that all you're seeing amen, is the image of the past.
past failure all you see is the image of the one who disappointed you who, who, who misused and abused you and then you conclude this one is just one of them too father help us help me I've seen so many moves I've seen so many things and I've seen the way they've ended but I know there's something different about this one I know, Father, in my heart that there is something new. Help me, Father. Help us, oh God. There are many people who are still watching, watching from afar. Say, so let's see. Let's see if this is real. There were many people when Jesus finally showed up, watching him from afar. Is this the real thing? Is this the real deal? Or is this just one of those noisemakers that the Roman Empire will just chop up their head and kill them? <laughs> they, 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 they put Jesus you know among so many that have come in the name of you know bringing deliverance and saving the, 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 the Jewish people from the hands of the Roman Empire and so when they began to see that he's real they said okay okay ah, but he's a miracle worker okay let's go for his miracle they went for his miracle but they did not go for his message and those who went for his message were expecting him to restore a kingdom. <laughs> they said, would you at this time restore the kingdom? The Romans are still controlling us. Jesus said, I've already restored the kingdom. It's in you, but you have to still go and wait in a place called the upper room. Tarry until you be endued with power. The way we're going to take this thing is not the way you're expecting. This is not might and power. Adjust our mindset, oh Father. Help us not to have a wrong expectation. Jesus. Bring us to healing. Help us to rest. Help us to rest, O oh God. Help us to rest. Help us to know that it is a timing you have appointed. As you appointed a timing for the, for the revealing, the unveiling Yes, of a prophet George. <laughs> His name is Samuel. This is the day where you are awakening. A prophet George. Samuel was the first judge. Yes, yet he was a prophet. Help us, Father. Holy Spirit, we respond to you. I respond to you. May this voice, may this word awaken somebody. May it become a sound that will awake a dead heart. A slumbering soul. We want to hear you, God. Honor and glory to your name, Father. Praise to you. Blessed be your name. Robakasi. Rabakatoyando. Mandorobo. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He is holy. You are holy, O oh God. Bring wholeness to our life. Oh, hallelujah.
In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Wow. We cannot deny that this word has come with, with life, with truth, yet with a message of hope. And I hope that you have responded to the things the Spirit of God have shared with us this morning. Like I said, I've only responded to bring this word and I've done that. There's still so much to talk about. Let's see how the Lord will lead us, will continue to lead us. As he add this aspect of stone again to what he's been saying to us. These are all part of the economy of God. We want to thank God for the way we've been able to bring forth his counsel. Thank you so much, Sister Tina, for joining this morning. Appreciate it. And I appreciate every other person who has connected with us this morning. And every person out there who needs to hear this. Please let this word go out there. Change your life. Change somebody's life. Take this word and use it. Make it a tool to awaken somebody's life for the glory of God. I want to bless God. Thank you everyone again for listening. We hope to see you tomorrow. And if the Lord says, well, it's, it, it's, it's not over today. Of course, then you see us again. But thank you. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.